Are you ready? That's the question that we've focused upon the past two weeks uh, in our homilies and as we've been reading these Gospels that speak of the coming of the King at the end of time, the coming of judgment. And today we are again challenged to consider our life's journey and its ultimate destiny. Last week and the week before, we discussed death and the particular judgment. The past two weeks then, we've embarked on a journey to talk about what we know as Catholics um, as the four last things. We've been asking the tough questions. Are you ready? Now those four last things are death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Now remember, death is an end, but it's an end that leads to a beginning. Death is like time running out in the game of life, and it leads to the moment of our particular judgment when we will know our fate with certainty. Death is an end which blossoms either unto eternal joy in heaven for those who have trusted in Christ and in His promises and uh, loved Him above all things, or leads to eternal torment in hell for those who have rejected Him. And it's to that latter reality of hell that I wish to turn our attention today. Now I recognize that the topic of hell is not something which brings us great joy to talk about. And nor should it. Yet it would be a mistake, uh, it would be a mistake uh, to not talk about hell because it makes us uncomfortable. It would be a misplaced kindness to not touch on the real possibility of missing the mark and not attaining heavenly glory, the heavenly glory to which we're called and destined. C.S. Lewis says about hell, about the doctrine of hell, there is no doctrine which I would more willingly remove from Christianity than this if it lay in my power. But it has the full support of Scripture and especially of our Lord's own words. It has always been held by Christendom and it has the support of reason. If a game is played, it must be possible to lose it. If the happiness of a creature lies in self-surrender, no one can make that surrender but himself, though many can help him to make it, and he may refuse. That's from his book, The Problem of Pain, that I would recommend to you. He talks about suffering and some really challenging things. That hell exists is repeatedly attested to in the Bible. The Gospels in particular, are replete with references to the poss- its possibility. It's likely that Jesus himself talks about hell more than any other single person in the Bible. He does so in so many of his parables when he talks about the darkness outside where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Echoing this in more recent years, the Second Vatican Council has a stern warning for the baptized. That's you and me who would freely reject God's grace after baptism. The fathers of the council write this. They say, even though incorporated in the church, one who does not, however, persevere in charity, remember the the oil that we talked about last week um, in the lamp, is not saved. We should remember that our exalted condition results not from our own merits, but from the grace of Christ. If we fail to respond in thought, word, and deed to that grace, not only shall we not be saved, but we shall be the more severely judged. 
If hell is not real, says Peter Kraft, then Jesus Christ is either a fool or a liar. For He warned us repeatedly and with utmost seriousness about it. If hell is not real, the church and the Bible are also liars, for they do the same. So what is hell? Hell is simply put the state of definitive self-exclusion from communion with God and the blessed. It's the state of definitive self-exclusion from communion with God and the blessed. It's the opposite of heaven, right? And hell's nature as something which is self-chosen is important to recognize. It's a consequence of our own free action that could lead us to that place. No one goes to hell accidentally. And God predestines no one for destruction. For this, a willful turning away from God, a mortal sin is necessary and persistence in it until the end. See, this corresponds to what hell is and its chief punishment, which is the eternal separation from God in whom alone man can possess the life and happiness for which he was created and for which he longs. Friends, hell is real and we ought to fear going there. Yet that fear of going there should change over time as we follow Jesus. You you might remember from catechism class when you were learning about the sacrament of reconciliation, you might remember um, uh, two terms, imperfect and perfect contrition, right? So imperfect contrition is when you go to confession and you say, I'm sorry, because you fear a punishment, right? Perfect contrition is when you go to confession and you say, I'm sorry, because you desire to amend the relationship. Because you desire to love God above all things and for His own sake. The church offers us this as the model of how our fear is to change. As we follow Christ, our fear becomes less about punishment and more about offending our relationship with God who is the very source of our life and the source of our blessings. See, the same love which created us and made us and constituted us in a state of freedom is the love which would allow the possibility of a rejection of His love. See, the the existence of hell is a result of human freedom. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And the darkness will not ever overcome it. But if we run around with our eyes closed, we live as children of the darkness rather than the children of the light that we're called to be. St. Paul says, you are children of the light, not of the darkness. So hell's reality is both a call to responsibility, to knowing uh, that our actions actually matter. See, the servants in the parable today, um, they were given responsibility. They were given care of these things. They were given grace, in other words. Uh, And for all of them, it it was abounding grace. A, A talent is not a small amount of money, right? Like uh, It was this abounding gift. And they were to make good on that gift. 
called to responsibility. And it's a call to conversion, brothers and sisters. You are not in the darkness for that day of judgment to overtake you like a thief in the night. You are children of the light. On the day of your baptism, on the day of my baptism, we received the light of Christ. Is that light burning brightly in your heart today? Has the light of Christ grown in you over time? Have you allowed it to expand and to multiply through your actions? Or has it diminished? Or perhaps even gone out completely? If it has, brothers and sisters, the good news is Jesus Christ loves you. And He died and He rose again for you. We have no need of fear of hell for Christ loves us and perfect love of Him casts out all fear. I urge you then to be reconciled to God through the sacrament of confession. If you find yourself out of relationship with Christ, come to confession and desire to love God above all things. Say to Him, Thy will be done in my life. C.S. Lewis famously said, there are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God says, in the end, thy will be done. May it be that we are the former and not the latter.